Hey everyone, welcome to the Found Life Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited to bring you this episode today because it's something that can relate to so many people. And I want to ask you, if you relate to this, please like it, share it, leave a review, and send it to a friend who you think might need it. So what we are talking about today is self-judgment. I have realized so many trauma survivors struggle with self-judgment. And self-judgment is one of those things that can come from multiple different places. So as a coach and counselor, I often work with people who are struggling with self-judgment from childhood trauma. Childhood trauma can create the recipe for self-judgment because the voice that you're using towards yourself, the inner voice and the way that you look onto the past and past mistakes comes from possibly a care a caregiver perspective or voice. So it might have been that your caregiver spoke to you so critically that you have internalized that voice. Um, another way that you can have this experience from childhood trauma is that you have internalized their response to your negative behavior. So your caregiver, growing up parent, step-parent, foster parent, whoever was raising you, grandparent, they either responded with complete silence for long periods of time when you made a mistake. And when you made a mistake, you started to feel isolated and unsupported and created stories in your mind about what that meant. Or maybe they strongly reacted. They berated you. They belittled you. They were mean to you. There could have been a response that was teaching, but with an incentive to people please with them. So you could fix your mistake by doing some sort of please action that wasn't necessarily repairing the mistake that you made. These are all things that can cause you to have internal self-judgment if they're related to childhood. But there are some trauma survivors that don't have self-judgment related to specific events in their childhood or specific ways their caregivers responded, it might just be an internalization of what their behavior means about themselves or means for something else. There's a lot of things that go into this. It could be religion. Maybe if you make one little mistake, you're like, oh, going to hell. You know, whatever your belief system is, it could be that it's attached to that. And it's about reframing that belief system. It's about reframing what it means about you if you miss make a mistake. And most of us, if we make a mistake, we can recognize that we can remedy it. We can move on. We can do the inner work and continue on. We might feel a little cringe about mistakes that we've made in the past, but we can still recognize that we are different than we are then. The disconnect for a lot of trauma survivors is that judgment feels like what is deserved. It feels like if I forgive myself, then I'm telling myself it's okay. And if it's okay, then I will never change. And I'm scared to go back and make that mistake again. Or it can be, well, I don't feel that I deserve grace. I don't feel those types of things. So let's get into kind of the basics of self-judgment and what you can do to overcome it. So the first thing I want you to think about when you're considering your own self-judgment is the stories that we tell. Stories are used in every facet to help 
us learn and understand. From the beginning of time, cultures across history have used stories to tell powerful lessons. We use stories to entertain and to teach and to influence and to change society. Stories are no coincidence that we have all of these stories that we're always connected to stories. You might notice that people on social media, story time is such a popular thing to do on social media. And that's because that's how we relate. So I want you to think about What type of stories you're internalizing when you are judging yourself? So part of something for me is part of my story is when I was a child, when I was eight years old, I was an overweight child. And my father decided to put me on the Atkins diet. And that caused me to tell stories about myself, and they weren't cleared up by my caregivers. So the stories I told myself about myself is that I was not good enough until I was a certain weight or until I was, you know, what I would have called skinny. So at eight years old, I'm being put on this diet where I can't eat any of the regular food that's in the house. So everybody else in my family ate the regular food, and I had to eat the store-bought special Atkins food until I reached a certain weight. That really caused some deep trauma for me around food, because it then taught me the story I told myself is that food is a vessel for love because when I was doing good, I got to have like a cheat. So food is love and I am afraid of being unloved. So it caused me to have food as a coping mechanism for when I was feeling alone or unloved, which is very, very negative narrative to have. So I want you to think when you think of self-judgment, what kind of narrative is attached to that? What story is going along with that? And along this path, as we think about our self-judgment experiences, I really want you to think about what specific experience you might have. Just bring one up, bring one forward to your mind. What experience of self-judgment can you think of that you are just very critical of yourself about. There is a mistake in your past that you have made and you're very critical. Think about what that is. All right, and now that you're holding that experience in your mind, I want you to think about what resources you had at the time, what thoughts you had at the time, And what led you to making the choice that you made and making the mistake that you made? Something that I've noticed with trauma survivors is that it may not be crystal clear logically and emotionally. We have to get there emotionally as well. A lot of us are there logically, but not necessarily emotionally. It is not crystal clear to us that that situation that we were in We had a certain amount of knowledge. We had a certain amount of physical, mental, emotional, financial, whatever resources to make that choice. We had a certain amount of emotional capacity. That's where we were at in that moment. We might have been really fired up. We might have been deeply depressed. We might have been so lost. Whatever it is, we only had a certain level of resources. 
So when we reflect back on that situation, are we fully encompassing and understanding what that person was going through? And is it crystal clear to us mentally and emotionally that we had a different capacity then than we do now? And we might be reflecting in judgment upon a past person, past version of ourselves that no longer exists, number one, and number two, had not the same capacity that we do now. Which means that when we look back, we're saying no excuses, doesn't matter what you are going through, doesn't matter how you were feeling, doesn't matter what resources you had available, what knowledge you had available, you should not have made that choice regardless, and you did not have any sort of anything to make that an option for you, right? I do understand there are some moral things that we need to consider when we look back, and sometimes it is crappy and we have to acknowledge what is, but I really want you to look at yourself in the past of that mistake that's really bothering you and consider the whole picture. And if this was someone else, would you judge them the same way, right? Some of us have deep entrenched harshness. Our voices are so harsh that we don't care what anything is. We just care that it happened. We don't care why, but the why is what's important. And if we cannot engage with that why. I want you to go deeper and I want you to connect with empathy. And empathy, I want you to know if you struggle with this judgment of past self or even others, you are struggling with empathy and empathy is a skill. It's not your fault always that you struggle to make that connection. If you have trauma, guess what? Your brain was focused on one thing, which is survival. And A lot of us have control issues because we want to control the outcomes because it's safer for us. So why would we waste our time with emotions? Why would we waste our time with empathy? So one skill that you can use to try to reflect on past situations or current situations with others with empathy is going into that. Okay, how is this going to feel in this moment? So in the moment that I made that decision, or in the moment when this other person made that decision, how were they feeling? What emotions were coming up? Did they have the resources internally to learn how to control the emotions, right? Did they have external resources, people, places, things, someone to call to help them through that story, through that process? Did they experience this before? Were they triggered? I want you to really take a deep dive into this because something that I notice is we often make mistakes when we're experiencing something completely new. You've never done this part of life before. Life is new to all of us. We've never done this before, have no recollection of how to do this. And if you have a new experience, you're going to mess up Every single time you do something new, every single time, and it can be scary for some people, but it's important to understand that it's just part of our natural evolving. We are going to mess up in new situations and it's okay because we are learning to have the capacity and without that 
past mistake? Can you then get to the future where you now know better? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The thing that we don't understand about life, especially those of us who put a lot of pressure on ourselves or have high moral standards, the things that we don't understand cognitively, maybe we know it, but emotionally, we don't understand that we have a whole process that we need to go to in order to learn that. We cannot obtain discipline or um, being able to do something well without being bad at it first. There's no not making mistakes. There's no just don't do it. Stay away from it. Just avoid it. There's not doing that. If you truly want to grow in life, there's no such thing as if you just completely don't touch that thing. We can do that maybe like, for example, with drugs. Fine. You can you can avoid, you can say no to drugs and maybe go your whole life without doing them. So many people do it. My mom is one of them. But that's not going to work when you want to learn and build your character. That's not going to work when you reflect on the past experiences that you've had and go, wait, why did I do that? You need to dig deeper and understand, oh, this is the reason why. An example of this for me is I made certain choices out of my eating habits, right? Back to the story where my dad put me on a diet when I was eight years old and throughout life, it just caused struggles for me. And some of those struggles involved specific choices that I made. And one of them is that I went on a weight loss journey and I lost 80 pounds in about five months and I did it out of complete self-hatred and I gained every pound and more back. Why? Because during the process, I thought if I hate myself enough, I will be able to do this. I will be able to prove people wrong, whatever it is, without my dad over my head trying to control my food. This is my time for the power. And it was great. It was empowering. There were certain parts of it that were great. But guess what? I hated myself skinny. And then when I was done, I had no other reason, number one. And number two, I still hated myself. That wasn't the way to do it. There's a way to go on that type of health journey and love yourself. Love yourself there. And so something I had to learn is I was constantly judging my food choices. I constantly regretted if I ate anything. I'm talking if I ate a bite of a cookie, if I ate, I spiraled into deep shame. And what I didn't realize is that I was struggling with some disordered eating patterns, right? So this deep shame was spiraling me out of control. And yet I would keep participating in the behavior in order to gain control. So what I learned about that experience is that, you know, you have to reflect, you have to figure out why you have these patterns. And you also have to give yourself grace and love in order to heal and move on. And I used to really judge myself for eating something that I didn't, I didn't want my body to respond to negatively. I used to have judgment for that. Now I can see through after all that experience, I can see, oh, I feel that food 
in some way, I emotionally try to cope with food. That's not a good tool for me. So what do I do instead, right? I recognize that. And when I'm feeling an intense emotion, I say, okay, I could either go eat a bunch of food or I can find another coping skill. What are the coping skills that I personally enjoy using? I like to sing. I like to meditate. I like to dance. I like to go on a walk. I actually like to exercise, so I can actually do that instead. Or I can talk to someone. I can call my mom, you know, my sister. I can talk to someone, talk it through. I can sit with it and let it be ugly and feel uncomfortable for a few minutes rather than trying to shove it all down, right? There are so many other options. And so I think that's the important thing to understand is that our knowledge gives us the power to change. And when you judge yourself for not having that knowledge, it's, it's kind of like going back and judging a small child for not knowing how to walk. Shame on you, baby Tanisha. You didn't know how to walk. We don't do that. It doesn't make logical sense. Emotionally, it might make sense to us. And so how do we move through that emotional disconnect? Let's talk about it. Something that can be very helpful is focusing on that emotional part of yourself and going back, visualizing the person that you were at the time that you made mistakes and telling that version of yourself what you needed to hear when you made that mistake. What you needed to hear, not what you actually heard from yourself or from others about how bad that mistake was. I want you to go back to that version of you, and I want you to talk to them. And I want you to tell them what you know now, and that you know it. And I want you to promise them that you're going to do better. But I also want you to look that person in their heart and explore, I know that you didn't know better. I know that you could have done better. I know that you chose this choice and chose this path because you were either lonely, hurting, angry, confused, lost, unsure, name whatever it is. And I want you to navigate them to what you know now. I want you to give them, impart unto them the wisdom that you now have. And I want you to use that as like a practice of trying to release the self-judgment. You're going to have these little self-dates with past versions of yourself and really explore it and say, okay, I know you can be better. I want you to be better. I don't want to make this mistake again. So what's my safeguard against making that mistake again? Because I think often we use self-hatred as that safeguard. We're using self-judgment as a self as a safeguard to not making that mistake again when it doesn't need to be. We can use other things to safeguard us against that mistake. You promise yourself and commit that you're never going to do that thing again. You might have a system in place, right? When you get sober, if any of you are sober out there, hallelujah, congratulations. When you get sober, there's a whole program that people go on. There's a whole process. They have a sponsor sometimes. Sometimes there's written, there's concrete written down things that they can turn back to and say, oh, this is how I'm not going to do that again. And you can create that own system for yourself in order not to turn back to that mistake. And that way you can say, oh, 
I'm going to give you, past self, these tools to not make that mistake again. And then I am going to move on knowing that I have these tools, that I have imparted unto you this wisdom, and that I am going to release the judgment as much as I can. And it's a practice. It's not going to happen the first time sometimes. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes it's going to take you 20 times of doing that effort with yourself in order to reach that level of self-reflection, self-forgiveness, and self-compassion. And being able to say, oh, I know how to do better, so I don't need to hate myself in order to move forward. And it's also something when we have self-hatred and we're motivated by self-hatred, it keeps us inconsistent. Self-love will always be there. You will always be able to create from a place of love. But if you're doing something from a place of hate, it's not always consistent. You're not always going to be motivated by that hatred. You're not always going to be able to support yourself with hatred because hatred is not supportive. And some it's going to hurt you, right? It's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. So I want you to think about this and consider doing some of those exercises to help you get out of that pattern of self-judgment and be patient and kind, like practice talking to yourself the way that you have always dreamed of being spoken to, the way that you've always dreamed you might speak to your children full of love from a place of kindness and patience, giving yourself the grace that you never received. And it can be hard to learn how to do that, especially if you never receive grace because you don't know what it looks like. So this is a process of learning. It might take you a long time, but let me, like, I want you to understand that you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be kind and you deserve it, especially from yourself because nobody knows your personal experience better than you. You were there. You understand your own thoughts you read your own thoughts, and you understand your own motivation. So I want you to know that you are not alone and you got this healer. Thank you so much for listening to the Found Life podcast. Please leave us a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you want to learn about because I want to give you content that's interesting to you. And then also share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it, love it, or need it. Um, Thank you so much. And I hope you have an amazing day.